Hey, welcome to Cultivating Hearts Podcast. We're back today and we're talking about what kind of a legacy we want to leave for our kids. And if we're being honest, um, this was a hard one for us. Mm-hmm. One more thing to think about, honestly. Jenna sent me her notes and I thought, I just can't even really wrap my head around this right now. I'm already kind of dealing with some stuff in my own family with the boys and just trying to work through that. And I'm just like, you know, I, I just can't even think about one more thing I'm supposed to do. I <laughs> <laughs> know. It actually took us the whole day to really kind of process this topic and um, to even know how to bring this before you. But a lot of these topics that we're talking about on this podcast are things that we struggle with ourselves or that we you know, they're really personal to us. And so it takes us a little bit of time to process it and to even understand for ourselves what God's trying to teach us and show us. And so we're just kind of learning with you and we don't want you to feel overwhelmed as either. Um, the whole reason we started this is because we were seeking the Lord about how to proceed in our own families with the difficulties we were having. Right. And we thought, you know, if we're having these struggles and our friends are having these struggles, surely lots and lots of parents out there are dealing with the same things. But you sometimes just want to be the expert first and have many years under your belt. And I'm like, God, I'm really not like wanting to do this with everyone. <laughs> As right? we go. We I mean, aren't. Yeah. We are not. Um, You're not perfect Yeah, at this. we're not. We don't have it all together. No. So hopefully we're not where we were, but we're not where we want to be yet exactly. But we have made some progress for sure. (laughs) So I think the question today is like, have you ever really just sat down and considered what kind of a legacy you want to leave for your kids? And I don't really mean like from the standpoint of after you're dead and gone, like what are the kids going to remember about you? But like when they go out and they spread their wings, have I instilled enough in them um, and, and guided them well enough that they're going to be successful. Yeah, you I mean you just hope that they look back on their childhood with fondness, um, just knowing how much we really, really love them. And right, how, that we spend our days serving yeah. them and teaching them and pouring into them. I hope that they remember that and that they forget all of the times yeah. that I lost it. That we failed. That's <laughs> right? right. It's like, God, please guard their heart during the times we have failed because none of us are perfect. We all fall. We live in a fallen, broken, sinful world. But we're hoping that they know that we are always available to them, didn't push them away or dismiss them in their needs. Again, not perfect at this. So, you know, the goal, though, is not to feel so much shame and guilt. God wants us convicted, right? There's good guilt. At the same time, we don't want to just stay down because the more guilt and shame we feel, we just stay there and it just makes the situation worse. It almost immobilizes us. Yeah. you're paralyzed. Yeah. So we don't want this to come across like it's overwhelming, but maybe give you some steps and some practical things that you can start implementing to to maybe start thinking about what your legacy really looks like. Um, I think it puts it into perspective really quickly, especially as your kids are approaching or they're in their teenage years and approaching the time when they're going to leave your home. Um, our oldest is 17 and he's got another, you know, year and a half at home with us. And man, I just, I sit back and I'm like, did I have that conversation enough times? Did it, did it stick in his head? Does he know 
who he is in Christ. Like, you know, you just start making all of these. Do they know how to do the laundry well? (laughs) Can they not pee on the toilet seat? Yes. No, they can't. Yeah. And I think as they they do um, reach teenage years, and my boys are now 13, I think that was just wow for me. I mean, they went from young guy, you know, young guys to almost like men here overnight with their voice changing right, and attitudes. And I'm still trying to maneuver all of this. <laughs> it is, but it puts it into perspective when you're like, okay, we have a limited amount of time left, and I need to be really intentional with the time that I do have. Yes. At the same time, like we just mentioned, we can really get paralyzed in that and just be like, Oh my gosh, I only have this much time. Oh, oh my gosh. Right. You know? Like, I can't do this amount of things. Well, I've already screwed time. it up. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know if there's Might much Might as well give up now. <laughs> it's a hope and a prayer now. <laughs> uh, so when I sat down and I was really thinking about what kind of a legacy I want um, for my kids, um, I made a list. And so right now, this is how my list reads. I want my kids to love Jesus above their family even, Um, to attend regularly church services and to serve within the church. Um, I want them to be patient and kind and understanding, loving. I want them to be hardworking, um, sacrificial, put other needs before their own, Um, that they live holy lives, which is not the same as a happy life. Um, I think that a lot of people want their kids to just be happy. I want my kids to be obedient and grounded in truth more than I want their happiness. Happiness often follows, I think, um, when you are behaving in a holy manner. But um, I want them to be grounded in the truth of Scripture, to know um, that they can't bow down to the world's standards, to be set apart and confident in their faith, to lead their families well, to be a light in the dark world. Um, to surround themselves with a community of followers of Christ and make them their closest friends. And I would add to that, um, yeah, like standing firm, being a leader, even if they have to stand firm and endure unto the end, or if they have to die for Christ, that they would never denounce him. Um, When COVID happened, um, they were attending a school, and they were only there for seven months because COVID shut everything down. And the Lord said, Things are changing in my heart. This is what popped into my head. There's a great change happening. I want you to go home and every single night I want you repenting with your kids. To repent quickly and to not give the enemy a foothold. Um, To be able to discern in these dark times any delusions or um, deceptions that they would be able to have wisdom and knowledge. Um, Yeah, and I'm sure there's many more. Right. One of mine was (laughs) to marry a spouse who's equally yoked. and. Um, that fits into our family dynamics and to be able to forgive quickly, that kind of goes along with what you were saying, Mm -hmm. Um, but to stand up for themselves. I don't want them to be walked all over either. Um, They need to be... And to love, set boundaries in love. We we obviously want to be kind. Okay, so, but the reality of this is I put all these things down and that's a heavy list when the weight of that really falls on our husbands and us to make sure that like have I done that they've, these they've gotten well? it, yeah. you know? <laughs> I mean, that's it's overwhelming um, when you really start thinking about, 
Yeah, and how have we modeled all of this? I know I haven't been perfect, so, you know. Right, certain things, like absolutely. Yeah, I read through some of them and I'm like, yep, I've got that. I've, yeah. I've been doing that really well. And others I'm like, ooh, I don't know. I, I don't know that I'm doing that as well as I could be. Um, so then the qu- question becomes like, how do you model your day and your life in a way that we hit every one of these points in the short amount of time that we have them. Yeah, and it, it requires us to have to be well and to have worked through our stuff. And again, we, you know, we didn't grow up in perfect families. I don't think anybody has. Um, and, you know, to work through your own stuff from your own childhood. You know, we, we talk in our ebook about um, as much as you would like to not act like one of your parents, which our moms is, our mom is great, you know, but... <laughs> more um my dad is who I try to fight (laughs) he's now deceased our dad but um yeah there's things that come out of us and you're just like whoa I said I would never do that and guess what now I need to lay that down and work that out so yeah our modeling is everything our nonverbals, even even the things we don't say um are things that they're picking up on I think that homeschooling allows us um the opportunity we have we have extra time with our kids than somebody else might have um but it still has to be really intentional because our days just like everybody else can get filled with things um we have to make sure that we allow things in that are important and cut things out that are not and that are not serving our families well and that aren't working towards those goals that we have for our families um that's hard Especially when your kids are at home and you have to fill their day. Like, the mm-hmm. school doesn't take all day either. So, it's like making sure that those hours that you have together are productive and that you're pouring into them. So, on another note, can you think of someone in your life who has created a legacy that will be remembered? Um, and we have a few people at our church. Our church actually has a lot of family um generations of family you know their kids are still there and their kids and yes there's a family in particular they have um six kids that are you know their kids are our ages and so the grandkids are at the church and they're friends of our kids and some point I'm gonna bring her on the podcast and I just want (laughs) to How'd you get your kids right. to stick around and All six the Lord? of them are involved in their church and they're serving and they love the Lord. And so I just, you know, I'd love to pick the brains of some of these women that, you know, seemingly have done it well. And I'm sure that they would sit down with you and tell you, like, there were lots of bumps in the road and they wore their knees out praying. And I'm sure of those things. But were there practical steps that they took? I would love to know those things. Mm-hmm. So as a young teen... I was actually given um, kind of a, an assignment by a youth leader at one point, and they encouraged us to take out a piece of paper and to make a list. Um, and we were supposed to write down all of the characteristics and like the attributes that we thought were really important for our future spouse. And at the time, I was 13 or 14, as I remember. And of course, as a 13-year-old girl, you have you know important things, but then there's also things on that list that are, you know, less than important. Like I thought I was going to marry a Puerto Rican. So. You did? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty dead set. I was like, yeah, Puerto Rican, that would be perfect. Um, <laughs> you have really cute babies. <laughs> <laughs> Balance so, out our whiteness. Right. So I just, 
That's funny. <laughs> we are very pale. <laughs> um, but overall, that list kind of became a guide as I was dating. And so as I started going out with some of these guys, there were a few that I can remember that I recognized really quickly, like they do not meet the standards of my list. And so I just booted them. Like I was kind of heartless and not that kind. I probably looking back, but I was just like, and you're out. (laughs) Out of the game. Right. But that list became a guide for me. Um, And as I finally like met Ben and we got started dating, like he met so many of those criteria. Now Ben is not Puerto Rican. And so not perfect either. right? No. And he's not perfect. Close. (laughs) He is wonderful. Um, But the things that really were crucial and really needed to stand the test of time were he had those attributes and so he wanted lots of kids he loved kids he loved family he valued them he had a faith of his own that came before me um so some of those things were really important so i think that um as we're thinking about a legacy that maybe we should physically sit down in a quiet place with the Lord and come up with our list. Mm-hmm. It's good to have that in mind. I wish I had sat down and had thought through any of that at a young age, um, but I didn't. I still ended up with a really great guy. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> but yeah, I just went with the flow. I wasn't really thinking through any of that. And, you know, for our own kids, as they're looking for spouses, I mean, We're not looking for perfection. We're looking for those that are really just have a pure heart and seeking the Lord, you know. For sure. But this kind of, it brings us back to intentionality again. It seems like intentionality is the theme of most of our podcast. So yeah, intentionality is just one more thing that I have to think about, you have to think about, we all might want to think about. (laughs) And, you know, again, we're just trying to live life every day. And some of us are just trying to keep our head above the water, right? In survival mode. So to add all of this is just... Seems like too much sometimes, but we have to do it. It's Mm -hmm. it's not really an option. We can't just fly by the seat of our pants. So, And I think it's a matter of trying to... Live in the moment, not trying to necessarily think about everything in the future. Like, this is like a, a baseline, like, this is how we want to be in general in the future, but we really are walking with Christ step by step every day. Like, we've planned for the future, but God's going to walk us in each step because we have enough light for the next step that we're on through Christ. So right, we trying. need those end goals. We need to see what the end picture is. But then we have to back it up and go really slowly. Moment by moment sometimes. I know if any of you have ever suffered with anxiety or depression, sometimes it's just like you're trying to survive moment to moment and listening to Lord in that moment. And where do I go in that moment? You know, but again, we want to have that plan. If you are suffering from mental health issues, it is going to be really hard to think too much past that and you will be in survival mode which then your first step would need for some of us and i've been there i've had panic find attacks. healing yes find healing go to a counselor talk to a pastor and get the healing that you need because this stuff is going to be even much more difficult you have to be well first to even get to the next step we grew up with first of all our dad was a contractor and built uh, beautiful homes. custom homes mm-hmm. 
And so everywhere we go now, I'm like, oh, dad built that. And he built that. Yeah. (laughs) So as we, um, as I was like, I was kind of overwhelmed. Like God was giving, laying a lot of this on my heart. And I think he was speaking to me saying like, let's compare this to building a house. And I can wrap my head around that. And so, so that you start out by building the house, um, by clearing the ground and laying the foundation. And so with our kids, this is all just kind of like a big metaphor. Um, but we fill our kids with truth and we teach them that the only place that they can truly find truth is in scripture. They cannot find it in books that they read, in um, people that they even love, musicians, in none of these people. Um, I mean, I think probably a lot of us are seeing people who have turned away from it and you've trusted them and you're like, what in the world? What are they doing? Even even <laughs> yes. with like Christian music and, yes. and culture, there has been a lot of falling away. So um, much. And that is not to sound like, you know, I don't want to sound judgmental, but here's the thing. Scripture doesn't change. The one thing I learned when I went to Bible college to become a counselor, um, it was my freshman year. And we took a class on Acts, the book of Acts, and we talked about relativism um, and how culture changes. I mean, culture changes and then changes again and then changes again. And so scripture, you know, what God speaks in the past, it says he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so we can stand on that foundation when the culture is changing. So our kids need that foundation, right? We're going to teach them that scripture is where they where they're going to have a strong foundation. It's where they're going to be rooted. So then with the next step of the house, we're going to start framing. Um, so the studs are going to go up. Um, and this is when we're going to give our kids the framework of a holy and a content life in Christ. Contentment. That is a hard thing for a lot of us. I mean, even adults. But when we have kids that are gaming and they want to be on technology, a lot of times they're learning just instant gratification, or they're bored when they're not doing something Right, they can't fun, use their brains anymore. <laughs> they need to be entertained. So teaching them how to be content um, and to be holy. So we're going to teach them, though, that they have to stand firm in truth, never to waver. Otherwise, our walls are going to come tumbling down. So those studs are really important. They have to be firm and put up um in a manner that they're going to stay standing. So then uh, we put up our trusses and put a roof over our heads. Um, so we need to keep teach our kids that um, there's an importance in guarding our hearts and our minds and covering ourselves daily in prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guarding our hearts is huge. Huge. There's a lot coming at us, our kids and us. Okay, so the windows go in next, and we use them to see the world around us, to really see people. Yeah, we want to invite others in and not leave them on the outside. So we're going to teach our kids the importance of serving and including people. Yes, including people, welcoming them them Mm -hmm. in, inviting them to things. Um, They need to see that modeled. And then the drywall comes and serves as a hard surface. It's the walls in which we hang our our artwork, (laughs) where we show our personalities, our style, which is us bearing the love of Christ. Yeah, so it should hang on us and be just as evident as a large piece of artwork that's on our walls. Like if we're bearing the love of Christ and we are 
showing that and it's evident in everything we do, it should be just as clear as if you walk into a house and you see this huge, beautiful portrait of somebody's family hanging on the wall. It should be that evident. And everything functional now enters in the cabinets, the countertops, the flooring, the stair railings. And here we give our kids the tools they need to not only survive, but thrive in an environment. Right. They need to be equipped um, to take on the darkness of the world. And then finally, we adorn our homes with decorations and paint. And it's here that we pour confidence into our kids. It's where they truly learn who they are in Christ. And um, love, love. Yes, love. and gain confidence that they're going to decorate their personalities. So yeah, this is where, as parents, we get to build them up, right? Encourage them um, in their dreams, guide their hearts, and help mold them into the unique individuals that God um, wants them to be. And sometimes that means really having faith and giving our kids over to the Lord. And I know you've had to do that with one of yours who, well, two of them. Um, I know your son came home and said, you know, he feels called into missions. And you're like, wait a minute. And then her younger daughter wanted to go. And you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) Because they're going into another country. You know, it's a little scary. Yes, I I was very apprehensive. Um, I mean, they're going to El Salvador, which is, you know, one of the most dangerous places in the entire world. Is it? Yes. Oh, didn't know that part. <laughs> it's not good. Um, Better you than me, then. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> it's, kidding. you know, within a couple of weeks of when I'm due to have this baby, and, you know, there's just lots of reasons in my mind of why I should say no. Um, and But when I talk to Ben about it, I'm like, we have to make a decision of what we're doing. And Ben's like, we're going to pray. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray apart. And then we're going to come back together and see what God is telling us. And we both came back together. And we're like, God said that they're going to go. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I had to put my own stuff aside and be like, okay, we're going to do this. And they are going to go on this mission trip. Um, but I think... We all kind of have in mind, I mean, if it were up to me, my oldest is going to, you know, (laughs) live at home while he finishes college. He might live in my barn that I'm going to make over and just be close by forever and ever. And I'll have grandkids nearby. And so when he came to me and said, I feel like I'm being called into missions, um, you know, that, that I, I said, you know, I'm glad that you're hearing God's voice, but you're going to have to give me a minute to process that. Yeah. And be- maybe God just means it for this one trip. It may. I, I'm still praying that that's <laughs> No, I really do. I mean, I'm proud of him for listening and for um, wanting to do what God wants him to do. It's not even really something that he's excited about, um, but he feels called to do it. And so, I mean, we're just going to play that by ear and see where that goes. But... Um, well, if there's any hope, he will be sticking around if it follows suit with some of the people in our church, because a lot <laughs> of families just kind of keep their kids around. We're hoping they just marry kids in the church and stick around. You know? <laughs> that would have been my goal. I'll handpick your wife and you live in my barn. There you go. I'm sure the wife would love that. <laughs> right? <laughs> be like, your mom's a freak. What yeah. What's happening? Let's, let's have some. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but all of that to just kind of boils down to... Um, when we're decorating the house and we're talking about like helping our kids um, to find their dreams and to figure out what it is that God's been calling them to do. um, Sometimes we have to put our own agendas aside and that's hard. 
And then I'd be like, are you really sure you're hearing God right now? Are you sure? <laughs> I know. Uh, Being intentional. Yes. That's, that's what we're going for. And we're not going to do this perfectly. And God's got us. He's always on his throne, whether we're falling apart or coming together. Or we have seasons where we're doing better at things and seasons where we're not. And uh, we just have to kind of... I think that one of my well. biggest hiccups is that I have these conversations. I maybe am like, do, I do a better job with my oldest. And then I have to remember like, oh yeah, I have to teach the next one that too. And I have to teach the next one. And the next five. And the next one. <laughs> so the next one. It's like, it almost like I, I'm a checklist type of a person. And so it's almost like I've checked that off and I'm done. And I have to remind myself like, no, I have to do all of these things with every single one of them. And you go all the way back and it's like, okay. And just because they a- leave our home, we are still parenting, you know, all the way forever. We're still the parent. We're still hopefully still guiding. guiding them, praying for them. Yes. It never ends. So I hope that breaking it into steps is helpful for you and it doesn't make you feel like you're a loser and you don't have it together because that's what we felt like when we started talking about it. We're like, oh my gosh. Uh, So I hope that the steps help you to break things apart and to just take it a day at a time and plan out your day. I mean, if if you're homeschooling like I am, it, it may come down to like, Okay, we can only fit so many things into our day. What is the most important? Um, And, you know, that hopefully includes scripture reading time with your family and doing devotionals and memorizing scripture and some really foundational important things because that's when the deep, meaningful conversations happen. Yeah. You know, we're not going to do everything perfectly. Not until heaven comes will it be perfect. Right. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a darn good day. Right. Sooner than later, rapture come. Some of you might not be rapture people, but I, I'm we sure are. hoping for We're it. We're for the rapture. <laughs> not just so I can get out of here, people, though that would be helpful. But we have a lot of work to do here still. We have a lot of work. We need to endure to the end. Yep, so we need to grab our tools. We're going to get to work. And, man, we're going to build those houses, even mm-hmm. though it sounds like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. We'll do what we can. That's, That's right. right. We're glad that you've been here with us. We'll see you next week on the podcast. See ya. See ya.